Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hi, welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And we are the hosts of this fine podcast where we review all the comics that came out last week and let you know which are the comics that you should be reading too. Uh, before we begin, I just want to insult Siobhan's snack buying abilities. Ha ha ha. Um, I, got to the, I got to the office today, there's a whole bunch of new snacks and I love some snacks. So Absolutely. I went to the, uh, the snack corner mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, Amidst all of the regular cool snacks they have at King's Comics, just yep. your run of the mill on its Bicky selection. Absolutely, big fan. Generally, all the big ones. Uh, Mint Siob- slice. Siobhan has bought. Um, I'll start at the least weird. <laughs> this is really hard, actually. Look, I raided the Korean snack um, section at the local Asian supermarket before Queens of Kings, as I usually do. I was trying to find the ones that sound like the weirdest or most delicious. So you got crab and wasabi crackers. They were pretty good. Yeah, they were, right. yeah, they were good. The 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 fake seafoody taste yep. is overwhelming. Absolutely agreed. And not really well paired to the wasabi taste. Look, but they were the most edible. That's very true. <laughs> um, then we have um, a big bag of cola flavored chips. Yeah, they were bad. I, I thought they'd be funny, and I thought maybe they'd be salty and like like just savory cola is like that's a thing, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah, it's like a vaguely salty chip yeah. covered in brown cola flavor. It's bad. Um, They're I'm, bad. I'm kind of into it, actually. I, may, I might bump that above the uh, okay. the, the crab and wasabi crackers. They made me feel sad. <laughs> I didn't like them. Uh, and finally... Um, yeah, the worst. The, you got durian wafers. Yeah. Now, durian is a tropical fruit from uh, Southeast Asia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is pretty popular in most of Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets banned in a lot of... Uh, you know, there, there are big signs in Singapore uh, on the train saying, mm-hmm. you, you're not, like, there are, it's like, no, no smoking, no, like, violence... <laughs> No durians. <laughs> it's stinky. Um, it's a stinky fruit. They really, really stink. And I, I actually kind of, I do like the taste of, of durian. Uh-huh. I was not expecting to crack open the box of durian yeah. wafers and for it to be as pungent. Yeah, they're really gross. I think we're just going to have to throw them out into a bin outside of King's because it's really overwhelming, the whole back office. Yeah. It's um, not nice. I ate one and it tastes good while you're eating it, but the lingering taste of the fake durian mm-hmm. is pretty Not tough. worth it. So I'm smashing some mint slices to get over that. Yeah. You know what the best thing is? That I also got like a salty lychee drink. Mm. That was actually pretty good. That was good. That's I, good. That's probably the best thing I got. I like Picari Sweat. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Japanese I've never had it. Thing. It's good. It's just like an electrolyte drink, right? Yeah, but it's like slightly saltier than your mm. average. It's good. Mmm, delicious. Yeah, that's snack report. 
here on. I'll do uh, better this, next time. <laughs> you know what? I, it's, my, it's definitely my turn. You eat, you bring snacks a lot, even though it's not really for me. But you always buy such shit snacks. Yeah, there's yeah. There's so always many some left. left over from when I get here. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Why do you do this to us?" They bring like nice things, like cakes and chocolates, and I'm like, "Eat this shit." Uh, so, Siobhan, on this episode, we're going to review all the comics that came out last week, starting with all the number ones. But yes, before please. we do that, there's something very cool happening at King's Comics. Oh yeah, next week. Uh, yes, next Monday, so the CEO, co-CEO of Archie Comics, a woman named Nancy Silberkleet, is coming in to give a talk um, for one hour at 6 p.m., I assume still at the 310 Pitt Street store, unless there is some dramatic changes, but really, guys, 310 Pitt Street. Um, but it's going to be good fun. She she travels around and she gives talks about um, comics and literacy, which is something that I uh, care a lot about, and also um, bullying, uh-huh. Gives talks about bullying, and she also give, uh, she's created a new Archie character called Scarlet, who is on the autism spectrum, right? Um, which is really cool. And so that's going to be really cool. So if you're if you're a librarian, I really recommend coming along. Um, or if that just sounds interesting to you, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the CEO of CCO. She's co CEO of Archie Comics. Basically, she was married to the guy whose dad founded Archie Comics, right? And then the dad died, and uh, her husband took over, and then he died, and she took over, and then. Something hilarious happened and she no longer works in the Archie office. Um, and she just travels around giving talks. Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, if you, if you want to come and uh, see that go down, it's happening at King's Comics next Monday. Yep. Monday well, the 3rd of September. Most likely at 310 Pitt Street, Sydney. Head to yes. kingscomics.com for more details. Or the Facebook page. I don't think there's anything on our website. God damn it, Siobhan. Whose job is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com slash kingscomics? Yep. Cool. At least you know that. Yeah. That's important. We begin every episode of Serious Issues by reviewing all the number ones that came out last week, and there was a pretty good selection of them this week. Yeah. This segment's called First Things First, and we're going to kick it off with two Marvel number ones, the first of which is West Coast Avengers, number one, uh, starring Kate Bishop, aka Hawkeye, and written by uh, Kelly Thompson, who wrote the most recent Hawkeye run featuring mm-hmm. Kate Bishop, trying to make her way in L.A., um, West Coast Avengers, obviously set in California, mm-hmm. LA specifically, and uh, this book opens with uh, Kate Bishop having to call on her friends to help her take down a bunch of land sharks. Sharks with legs, yes please. Um, so immediately this is uh, off to a fun and silly start. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the team is um, America Chavez, uh, Clint Barton, aka the original Hawkeye, um, who is on an on-again, off-again member of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Kate's boyfriend, Fuse. Fuse. Not a good name. Uh, from the X-Men, we have Quentin Choir, a.k.a. Kid Amiga. And uh, finally, we have Gwenpool on the team. It's from a very, your fever dreams. It's a very, very fun pink team. Yes. Lots of pinks and purples. With great colors by Triona Farrell. And uh, yeah, art by Stefano Caselli. Um, and I was looking forward to this one. I, mm-hmm. I, I grew to really like um, uh, Thompson's Hawkeye run in spite of not enjoying it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Your glowing review, Siobhan, mm-hmm. uh, made me go go back to it, and I really, really loved it. Um, and was sad to see it end. So it, it's actually really cool to see this is a natural progression of that Hawkeye run. It's like it feels like that same comic, but with like a bigger budget for more characters. Absolutely. Not that they're you know comics have budgets per se, no. but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I really enjoy this. I, I like that it was like the stakes feel way lower. Absolutely. They're not saving the world. They're just kind of making stopping land sharks. Yeah, exactly, and <laughs> trying to get to the bottom of like it's still like there's still an element of like mystery solving. Mm-hmm. Which Private is important to Hawkeye, um, and uh, I thought the the dynamic of the team, especially having um, Gwenpool be like the main foil to Quentin Quire, that worked, works really well. Works really really well because like they're both pretty annoying characters. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like that's one of their main character traits, mm-hmm. and for them annoying each other, it makes them very very fun. 
Um, this issue saw them go head to head against a um, gigantic version of Tigra, mm-hmm. who was uh, one of the original members of the first West Coast Avengers team. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, oh God, I forgot the final page reveal as well. The final page that reveal really made me laugh. Is uh, is very very funny because um, th- this ties into I guess Gwenpool's um, backstory. Okay. With Modoc. Yep, yep, um, yep. That that run that was written by Christopher Hastings that mm. we both dropped early on. Apparently, that got really insane and meta, mm. like Gwenpool because she is someone that like her superpower is that she reads the comics. She's yeah, from she our world. She book. reads. She knows the comic book. So when she finds out that her comic is being cancelled, mm-hmm. she starts like upping the ante and like doing all these things to kind of make her be remembered as more than just a cancelled comic book character. That's pretty fun. I'm definitely going to uh, go back and, and read it all. Yeah, cool. Because uh, I, really, I really do like Hastings. I just, you know, I, you know, at the time I was like, oh, I'm reading too many comics. Out yeah. Also, Gwenpool, shut up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, at the, at the end of this uh, book, we uh, come, we meet uh, Brodock, who is uh, another gigantic guy. Um, but Brodock stands for bio-robotic organism designed overwhelmingly for kissing. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, I Funny. like it. Yeah, some good jokes in this. Great character um, relationships. and I even like the um, slightly bendis trope of having them being filmed by like a reality TV mm. thing. Um, but I think it works. Yes, there's lots of talking heads to camera stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it works in this um, because I feel like with the Bender stuff, they were just talking heads to camera without it ever being properly explained. Whereas yes, this totally. is like there is a legitimate reason for that to be happening. It's not just like now the diary room. Yeah, totally. It's definitely something that we've seen done in comics a lot over the years, but I feel like I haven't read like a new comic that did it in a while. Yeah. And this does it really, really well. Yeah, I'm into it. I liked it a lot. Team's funny. Kate's great. Clint is always a delight. And Thompson, like, not everyone is the same level of sassiness, which was my problem with the Hawkeye run when it started. And I I feel like she really has become a much stronger writer at doing differently comedic characters in a comedy book. Absolutely. All the voices are different. Yep. Um, So, yeah, highly recommended this one. It's great. Stefano Caselli's art is awesome. Yep. Um, And uh, Beautiful Colors by Tyrone Farrell. I'm into it. Yep. Loved it. Count me on board for this one. Absolutely. Now we move over to another Marvel number one that came out this week, and that is The Punisher number one, uh, written by Matt Rosenberg, with art by uh, someone who I'm not that familiar with, uh, Simon Kudransky, um, and colors by Antonio Fabella. Didn't he do that um, one about the light from Image? The light from Image. You know, and everyone had to live underground because the sun was too hot or something. Uh, I don't think that was him. Mm. I don't remember who wrote that, but we're going to have a look. What did he do? Um, he's on Twitter. Great, great news. <laughs> he did some all new Captain America. Damn it! Where's your bio? Come on, mate. Tell us what you did. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the Punisher. This is uh, Matt Rosenberg's uh, most recent uh, book that he was given. Because uh, he gets given a lot of One books of over Marvel. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's funny. I've come from like you know, absolutely loving him as a writer. Obviously, with four kids walk into a bank, and um, those two. Uh, Kingpin miniseries that he did especially yeah, the first so one the Civil War one which actually starred Frank Castle aka The Punisher um, that was incredible one of my favourite things that I read the year that it came out certainly the best thing that came out of Civil War 2 absolutely um, I just can't get into anything else that he's done in like the last year no and it could partially be because he's writing so many books at Marvel mm. um, but yeah I've been I've been massively disappointed with a lot of his work over the last 12 months or so, and this um, this is no different. I don't really care for his Punisher. Well, so this... Uh, I miss the, Becky the, the, the one thing that he got right with this is that um, 
I think Punisher says like one line in this entire issue. Yeah, it's good when you kind of don't see Punisher. Like, like it's aliens. just this force of nature. Um, and, and that's like, you know, like uh, Greg, Rucker, Greg Rucker did a great job of that. And he's very... Grucker. Under- Grucker. He did a very un- very underrated Punisher run mm. uh, in which, uh, yeah, like Frank was seldom kind of seen or heard from. Um, very little dialogue, especially when he was attacking people. Um, but here, this is like... Uh, He's, he's, not, he's no longer hunting down like regular crooks in New York City, which is what many, many uh, Punisher runs have been about. This is him uh, stopping a, uh, a dick, like a kind of like a... a dick. <laughs> stopping a dick. Stopping a dictatorship. Uh, not so much, like, like an, an allegiance between um, uh, Baron Zemo, and the, the Mandarin. Mandarin, and then the dude from Roxxon who can agar. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very, very talky. Um, yeah. Which is funny because I just said how little the Punisher talks in this, like one line. But um, what should be like a, I, I really enjoy his take on Zemo. Mm-hmm. I think he nails uh, what Zemo should sound like in this. Who's like, you know, he wants to. He's a you know a bad guy, probably a terrorist, but he he has like almost like a weird code that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. he uh, that he that he's um, you know that he sticks to. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed him like kind of doing things by the book, I guess, and mm-hmm. uh, having this uh, like this uh, you know agreement with uh, Mandarin. The end of this book ends with um, Frank Castle shooting the Mandarin in the head. Yes. So he's probably dead. Um, and I just, I don't know if I care. <laughs> My big, I have one massive question is why is there a random panel of Black Widow in the bath on the final page? Is that who that is? Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, because she's got her wrist, her oh, wrist yeah, shooty shit. things. She took off her wrist <laughs> shooty things directly next to the bath and just has them balanced on the side of the bath. But who is that? We've also got Nick Fury, Nick Fury in the top right corner. Why isn't Nick Fury in the bath? Why the fuck is she in the bath? Nick Fury doesn't take she doesn't. baths. <laughs> she never... He has, a, he has a big pack of wet wipes. Just <laughs> <laughs> towels himself down. Yeah, yeah. Actually, but, his eye patch is a wet wipe. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Like in that fucking um, ACO comic. Where, where his eye patch could do everything. eye patch can do whatever he wants. I would, lo- me. I would love that. Do you need to use a shower, Nick? No, no, I'm good. And he takes <laughs> off his eye. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, the eye hole is just full of... <laughs> like a um, bidet. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Um, I meant like um, wet wipes come out of it. Anyway, oh, sorry. Oh, like a dispenser. Yeah, like a dispenser. Oh, I love that. Someone draw that, please. But Nick what? Fury pulling wet wipes out of his dispenser in his eye hole. Great. They don't, they don't take advantage of that eye hole nearly enough. Um, anyway, why the fuck is Black Widow in the bath? Someone explain that to me. Yeah, for no reason on the last page. At no point during this, and then she's not even reacting to anything that happened in the comics. She's literally just in the bath. It's literally just a panel of Black Widow in the bath. Stop making female characters randomly have baths. <laughs> stop making stop time. making female characters clean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it, but it's like you never get like fucking the Punisher having a shower with like just his butt covered by some soap bubbles. Anyway, no, I totally agree with you. It's completely pointless. I, I yeah, I, I, I didn't even realize that it was Black yeah, Widow. I was just like, why is there some random woman in the bath that we never didn't see in this issue? Um, you yeah. got some, you got some answers. I'm kind of interested in what Zemo is going to do in this series. That I, I might not. give it another another issue, but yeah, the the art didn't do much for me. This artist Simon yeah. Kodransky, um, he did uh, he's done some Spider Man stuff in the past and Green Arrow. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah. It's very photo I would like you to read one more issue to see if they explain why Black Widow was in the bath, but I'm not willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah, to punish her, to like give her a rubber ducky or something. <laughs> uh, so those are the Marvel number ones for the week. Definitely sticking with one of them. Uh, 
Jury's out on the second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, over to DC now for Batman Kings of Fear, um, written by well, a, tr- a true relic of the past. Uh, yes. Uh, written and I guess well, it's, it's by Scott Pet- Peterson with Kelly Jones. And Kelly Jones, of course, the uh, Batman artist most famous for giving Batman the longest ears imaginable. Yes, please. Which I fucking love. Absolutely. I love a big spiky ear. We've got um, my- Michelle Madsen on colors on this. And uh, this book just feels like a relic of the past, I and loved I loved it. it. Like, absolutely loved it. It's a Ugh. really, really like because I've read. I have. I used to collect just like random Batman in detective issues yeah. before I got proper into like picking up comics week to week, mm-hmm. and. I bought a lot of comics from the mid '80s. I love that era of, of Batman stories, and this just felt just like going back into Spooky that well. Gothic detective stories. That's all I want. And it's just it's there's no like. You just know this is going to be done within six issues, mm-hmm. and like there was something, there's something quite nice about the old runs yep. like that. Um, of course, it's just it is a treat to see Kelly Jones's art. Oh. Yes, it's dated, like, but he, but in a good way, in a really good way, in a nostalgic way, not in a like, oh, this looks. I mean, it looks old, but like, good. Yeah, the past was great. So I guess this whole issue is going to be about like you know another issue in which. Um, you know who's the real criminal? Is it is it the criminals or is it Batman for, for punching criminals in the face? Yeah, and because and, and he's he, because he, because he punches them in the face, he shows them that violence is an answer. And then they do more crimes. This last page is pretty wonky, though. I couldn't tell whether that was like intentional. But I like the wonk. He's like, yeah, I like a bit of wonk, but that's quite a lot. Yeah, it's pretty wonky. Also, he's got no penis. Batman's got no penis. No, no, no. That's that's where he gets his wet wipes from. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess the whole they're thing. Always useful. Wet wipes. Yeah, yeah they really are. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I never used to carry them around before I had kids, but now that yeah. when they grow up, I'm still going to have wet wipes on me Absolutely. at all times. Like, I'm, I'm going to have my eye removed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more useful. And also, it makes more sense to have my dick removed. <laughs> Although I guess I made kids, so I'm good. <laughs> Um, okay, Batman Kings of Fear. Uh, I'm on board for this series. Um, and uh, it looks like, I guess, it, the, the, it's going to be a kind of like showdown between Scarecrow and Batman. Yeah. We don't see enough Scarecrow stories. Absolutely. And when they, when they do, they make him too grisly. I just like yes. him being like, oh, face your fears, Batman. <laughs> You're afraid of bats. <laughs> this panel's all wonky. <laughs> Uh, I'm into it. Yeah, I liked it. Go Kelly Jones. Uh, Cold Spots is a image number one written by our good friend Colin Bunn. B- big fan of First Things First. Loves to feature in it as often as possible. Absolutely. Um, and uh, this is a new series that he started in the uh, horror genre. Which he is, loves a horror book. Yeah, loves a short, short little horror book uh, with uh, Ma- Mark Torres on art on this one. Uh, it's called Cold Spots and uh, it is about uh, ghosts that freeze people. Okay. Did you read it? No. All oh, right. I've given um, up. I've, I've refused to read any more Cullen Bunn books. Because he puts out too many? Does it reset at the beginning of each year? And then as soon as he hits the, like the I don't know, 20 mark, you stop reading his I new series? I should probably do that, actually. <laughs> but I just decided I can't be bothered anymore. Does that look at this a picture of Cullen Bunn at the end? Is that kind of like what he looks like in your head? Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I'd already seen pictures of him. So right, I, sure. That, that was firmly in my head. What's up with like... Uh, you know, I'm not going to finish that thought. <laughs> don't need to, don't need to critique, critique how someone looks. It's just going to be about, you know, how many bald comic book writers there are. Yeah. I, I did finish that thought. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it might uh, be because they're all men. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Cold Spots is uh, yeah, a book about ghosts that freeze people with the cold powers. Super and there's fun. a mystery and someone's trying to figure out. If it's fine. Yeah. You get, someone gets hired at the beginning to, to, to find a missing daughter of a, um, I guess like a, someone that he used to work for. 
I don't know. It's like it, 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 it does the bare minimum to keep me interested. Mm. But sometimes you got to do more. Absolutely. Which is what issue number oh. one of Beasts of Burden: Wise Dogs and Eldritch Men by Evan Dorkin, Benjamin Dewey, and Nate Piekos did this week over at Dark Horse. Um, you're a big fan of the Beasts of Burden. Love Beasts of Burden. So I've only read random one shots. I've never read. I know that the first series is only four issues long. So yeah, it's mostly random one shots. Every like. I want to say once a year or every so often, sometimes around like Halloween, they'll put out um, a one-shot or a mini-series. Um, but essentially, it's a supernatural uh, series about uh, talking animals, specifically mm-hmm. dogs. Yep. But there's uh, cats as well um, yep. and uh, all Other manner animals. of talking animals. Um, and uh, the- They all live in Burden Hill, which is full, chock full of occult nonsense. And when this started, it was uh, had out by Jill Thompson. Mm-hmm. You might be familiar with, but yeah, Benjamin Dewey does this now. And he does uh, for a this great series. job. Apparently, Jill Thompson, because like, I, I, as, as soon as I finished this show, I was like, I love this shit so much. And mm-hmm. I, there, there's a sale on Comixology at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and you can buy every, all their issues that exist, which is only like I think like 11 all up, including the um, mm-hmm. the one shots, uh, for one buck each. Great. So go uh, on and get that. Go do it. There's Jill Thompson's a, art is glorious. There's a trade, if you buy the trade version, which is four bucks. Um, that comes with all of the um, Dark Horse Presents short stories cool. that that led into the series. So I highly recommend you pick up that. Um, it's a great series. It's it really, is. really cheap to get into because there's not that many issues before mm-hmm. it, but it feels like there's so much lore. Um, tell me more about this series for the, those who don't know much about it. It's just a bunch of dogs who solve um, occult crimes, pretty much. Yeah, unreal. So if you like... Um, I'm trying to think of what else it could be similar to, like... Animals of Farthingwood. <laughs> yeah. Hellboy crossed with animals of Farthingwood. <laughs> That's actually really apt. <laughs> we yeah. nailed it. Um, and it's the thing that I really like about it is it's totally straight. Like, it's not like, they're funny, cute doggies or anything. They're, they're just dogs, but they're like... Really well-spoken we to... dogs. And mm-hmm. like, it, it, you could just replace all of these characters with, with, that, people. with people. Exactly. Absolutely. And so in this issue, um, there is a salamander and the loose in Burden Hill. And the dogs have to go in to stop the fire and stop the salamander putting things on fire but there is more to it than it seems and someone is fucking around with with magic magic. um and so the dogs need to need to put an end to it and they all sort of have different specialties and stuff like that yeah some of them are magic users some of them are um other things it's cool i love it and some of them are kind of like more doggish than the others Uh uh like you know you have like i guess like the bigger the dog the dumber they are kind of thing (laughs) um which is very apt (laughs) absolutely um and uh yeah i i I really love this um so much so that i went back and got everything that it didn't have from this series and i look forward to keeping up with this new mini series too yeah it's just one of those it's a it's one of those series that every time it comes out it is a delight and i love that evan dorkin keeps coming back to these characters in this world that he's made because it's um always great always good fun evan dorkin is doing that other book at the moment with with uh Veronica Fish, which is called... Oh, yeah. The one about the, the university, the, Blackwood? Yeah, Black, yeah Blackwood. Something yeah, like it's really, really good. And, and good. he's good at writing these kind of like things with horror, horror elements and magic elements that aren't really magic or horror books. Yeah. They're just kind of like fun, kind of classic feeling comics. And also good like characters. Definitely. Always good characters. Real good stuff. So it's called Beasts of Burden, Wise Dogs and Eldritch Men is the uh, latest in this uh, miniseries. Go check it out. Loved you love it. doggies. Get it. Who doesn't love doggies? Who doesn't love Monsters, doggies? that's who. Absolutely. Siobhan, if you want to discuss any of the comics that we've talked about so far, you can do so over at facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. We can join our many thousands of uh, comic book reading listeners mm-hmm. in uh, discussing the episode, plus all the comics that we talk about on the show. Uh, if you disagree with 
with us. Let us know if you agree with us. Also, let us know. We love talking with all of our listeners, and there's a great community over there. Absolutely. Um, and so much so that uh, sometimes they send us very useful gifts, including a three-sided die, for example, which yes. uh, one of our listeners, Brad, sent us because... After, the Love Meister. <laughs> after we do, that's real good. Um, after we do first things first each week, we then roll the dice to figure out which publisher we talk about next. Uh, and right now, I'm going to roll a image first. So we're going to do image first, and then after that, we're going to do. Fuck! I keep rolling image. God damn it, image. Okay, Only DC. talking about image. We're going to do image, then DC, then Marvel. Okay. Um, so let's start with the finale of uh, Jeff Lemire, oh. who was a very busy boy this week. Um, Jeff Lemire's Royal City. Jeff Lemire's like the good version of Colin Bond. Continue. Uh, yeah. He's also like like a, a fucking hero this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Jeff Lemire this week released four issues of comics, all of mm-hmm. which we'll talk about uh, in this episode. Uh, <laughs> in fact, yeah, every every one of the next segments, uh, Image, Marvel, DC, and other publishers have a Jeff Lemire book featured in them. Yeah. Uh, but he also wrote uh, a really, really touching piece um, both on Twitter and on his website, uh, but essentially condemning uh, people who are part of Comicsgate. Uh, not so much the people that are just kind of part of it because they think it's a good thing because it just it leads to more people reading comics. Mm-hmm. The, that that group is very very mired in uh, excluding certain people from uh, you know being part of the comic buying and enjoying and creating community, and they have sent a lot of uh, angry angry people uh, to people who write comics that we're fans of or even the widows of people <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> who write comics um and i think a lot of you know because of how enormous this or not so much enormous just how loud this group yeah. of people are obnoxious um a lot of bigger creators have kind of you know silently ignored what's going on and not really spoken up against it or you know or acknowledged it um and so i guess they some of them think that certain creators support them in a way mm-hmm. um but it was cool to see lamia this week come out come out and uh, essentially say like don't stand for this shit talk up against it yeah it sucks also it's not good enough to just like fave tweets <laughs> like say something yes do something totally and uh multiple creators have uh since come out big ones like tom taylor and um uh bill sinkevich and uh oh, lots of others it's been cool but yeah it, you know it, it's it's a big step because lamia mentions are now 50 percent angry American jerks. Teens. Uh, Teen boys. No, mostly older guys. <laughs> like oh, it's, Someone posted a picture of the um, latest issue of Gideon Falls in their toilet. <laughs> you still bought an issue. <laughs> you still bought a copy. Do whatever you also, want with it, mate. how did you get the issue of Gideon Falls out of your toilet? Yeah. Is it still there? <laughs> like blocked his system. Yeah. Just to make a point. Either, either way, like you either, either blocked your <laughs> toilet or you had to put your hand in your toilet. And also... It's a, it's a good comic. It's now a you great can comic. end up in the Black Barn. Yeah, that's right. That's how, how this works. Funny. Anyway, that's another Jeff Lemire book. Let's talk about Royal City, issue number 14. This made me cry, like proper tears. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> because it's a, it's a surprisingly happy ending for yeah. this very, very, uh, you know, sorrowful uh, mm. collection of, uh, of people who make up the family in, so, uh, like, in Royal City. I was so thrilled that they got like a, a happy ending and they got closure and all those things. I was so emotional so this series um when it started uh royal city written and drawn by jeff lemire um lemire said that like you know he envisaged this going for um like a, like a good 40 issues just like uh mm. sweet tooth did his comic for vertigo uh but there's a big uh letter at the end here where he just realized that this is taking kind of taking up too much of his headspace and affecting him so he decided to kind of change the ending and have it end sooner 
Mm, and also he saw he saw a good ending for it. A yeah. Nice, like convenient ending. And I don't uh, there there was no point in this series where I thought it was rushed or Absolutely not. Um this doesn't feel like we've been cheated out of something. Nope. Um, I think this this ends in a really really beautiful way like you said like it you know it's very emotionally affecting um and gives you a lot of, a lot of closure for these characters that even though we've only spent 14 issues with them we got to know most of this family very very well. Mm. Certainly all of their dark secrets as well as like kind of you know the main parts of their character. Mm-hmm. Um this is an, an excellent series. Absolutely. And really um, satisfying ending and so gorgeously illustrated and coloured by Lemire. I, it's so lovely when he gets to sort of do the whole thing himself and we get to see the, the sort of finished product that he had in mind. And it's wonderful that there is space for comics like this in like a mainstream big publisher that sell massive quantities and stuff. That's that's. Gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, like I love Lemire as a writer. I especially love him when he r- draws his own books. Yeah. Um, and I hope that I think that he works best as when he because all my favorite Lemire books are like that he drew are the graphic novels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially Essex County. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I hope that you know now that he's given this up, I, I would love to get. It would be such a treat. I know it's such a massive ask to get like a Lemire graphic novel once a year or something like yeah. that. Because uh, that's 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 where I think he really well, who excels. knows? I mean, he he seems to be working constantly and like in the back of Royal's the the letter that he writes he's even talking about doing new things and sort of other genres and there's even a ad for a new book that he's doing with Phil Hester which looks great yeah he's um, writing writing a ton at the moment so I'm just but I, I love that constantly in awe too. of what he does yeah definitely he's an amazing creator um, and uh, this was definitely the best of the four issues that, uh, that that he put out this week, only because it was such an excellent bow around a great mm-hmm. series uh, that I highly recommend everyone check out, Royal City. It's a gorgeous, bittersweet family drama. Um, does this qualify for a, maybe a deep dive? Maybe at some point. We'll see. Maybe. We could do a bonus episode about Royal City. Let us know if you're keen on that over in the group. Um, what else do we both read? I read, I read both of those. Okay, great. Die, 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 issue number two. Um, this is the surprise image book written by Robert Kirkman and Scott M. Gimple with art by Chris Burnham and uh, Nathan Fairbarn. I like that they're doing this thing where all of the speech bubbles, they have like, f- how many different variant covers? But there's just the speech bubble is different. Oh, right. So the, the front cover of mine uh, features a uh, a noseless mm-hmm. uh, main character from our series saying, you want to just talk it over? Your dead body. Nice. What mine says, is this the face of a man who goes down without a fight? Which it's a good point. Yeah. If you've got no nose, I'm going to approach this fight more, more gingerly than I otherwise Not might. just no nose, a, no, a, a nose that has been freshly cut off with yeah. blood still pouring out of your wound. This is a very gory comic. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I, I never really talk about it. I have a love of animated and cartoon gore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just, especially when I it's... can't deal with like Tarantino movies. I can. I also love gore in general. <laughs> I know, it's not like one really surprising. I didn't yeah, I know, know that. it's not like one of my things. Like yeah. I'm not going to go on and on about it, but like I find it amusing, when especially when it's right, over it's the top. Great. And I find um, Tarantino, like you know, what's the yeah. most recent one, The Hateful Eight. I found all the gore in that like so funny. Yes, I find it too much. <laughs> right. I need to watch between my fingers. <laughs> but if it's like cartoon, I'm okay with it. And uh, Chris Burnham, you know, even on his Batman book, there was always big splashes of blood when Batman yes. punched, punched someone in the face. Uh, this one features multiple characters cutting their noses off. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Die to Die is about um, three uh, men that were, were yeah tri- triplets that were raised as assassins. Uh, they all, as they grow into men, they are separated. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In the first book, one of them was kidnapped and mm-hmm. uh, two of them go after their brother. 
um, with I guess the, the intention that we that we assume at the beginning is that for both of them to rescue their brother, but we learn that one of them has a different motive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't love the I, lo- I, I, I love the plotting of this. Yeah. I find the story of this book really really fun, very compelling, and, and really fun, and it makes and I love Burnham's art. It's yes. per, you know it's perfectly suited to his style of artwork. Very close to a dong watch, but um, no dice, no dong watch. This Weak week, cowards. Yep. Um, but uh, I don't love the dialogue. I think the dialogue is like Mark Miller esque for me. Oh, uh, I still like it. I think it's silly. It doesn't quite like. I find Mark Miller dialogue so like genuinely unappealing. I sure. quite like these characters. Yeah, I quite like um, the sort of holier than thou, <laughs> um, long haired assassin one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I like the. Um, explosion specialist but i think like chris burnham's art really sells every single joke every single gag every single like the moment where the gore goes from being funny to being unbelievably like serious and horrible (laughs) such an intense panel it's so good he's so good he's so perfectly suited to this book yeah and it's really great that image and skybound you know uh, there's a letter from chris burnham in the back and they talk about how um, it was so cool they were able to keep it a secret because it meant they got to go so far ahead. He got to really spend time on each issue and really get it to the point where he was happy with it mm-hmm. and he was pleased with the art. Um, and it also meant that they got to have a bunch of merchandise ready to go at Comic-Con, which is cool. Yeah, super cool. I like these characters. I like the sort of um, female politician who's just like a mess and getting all of the senators to give her head under her desk yeah. and like <laughs> drinking. It's just like, it's a nice reversal of that sort of trope. Yep. Um, I like a female character who's allowed to be messy and difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I really, I, this is the first Robert Kirkman book that I'm really like. I really, really like this. I really enjoy this. Well, that's awesome. Great. Yeah, cool. Pleased. Die, die, die. Two issues in. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. Um, <laughs> Shanghai <laughs> Red. It says, holy crap, that guy's nose is totally cut off on the front. <laughs> Shanghai Red, uh, issue number three. This is the uh, the pirate book um, written by Christopher Sabella with art by Joshua Hickson, colors by Hassan Otsman Elhau. I would say it's more of a revenge book than a pirate book, but yes. Initially, it was pi- about a pirate. It was. Um, uh, basically, uh, uh, a woman uh, poses as a man, and uh, many years ago, uh, while drunk, she was thrown into a cell. She was shanghai as it's known. Yep, and she was shanghai and then woke up on a, on a on a ship going out to sea in which she had to uh, basically be a slave. Uh, yeah, you're right. She wasn't really a pirate. She was a slave on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she... Uh, now she's back. Back, and she's got revenge. Yeah. On, on, but, uh, you know, the, the her family and uh, the town that she left is uh, very different from when she, uh, when she mm-hmm. left it. And uh, this is kind of like, in one hand, like her like a revenge book her getting her revenge but she's kind of terrible at it yeah 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 yeah. she's a mess um and uh in the, at the end of this issue she has to jump back down in the same 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 the tunnels that, that she, she was from. uh that she was uh taken to a boat on which is pretty confronting for her to do i like this a lot i still like this a lot yeah i wish I, there are moments where i wish the art was a little bit more clear just because sometimes i'm like i'm not sure who that character is i'm not sure what exactly is going on but the story's great um, it's really funny. No, it's not funny at all. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. It's not funny. It's horrible. <laughs> there's not um, one joke. There's no jokes. But I like it. It's it's compelling. Actually, you know what? The 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 woman who owns the bar is has some good jokes. Yes, true. Yeah, she's 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 a good character. Um, but yeah, I like this. Yeah, me too. I I think the art really suits the story. I get what you mean. Some of his facial work. Yeah. Is uh, a I little hard like to decipher. I do like the art. There are just a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, just for clarity, I wish there was a little bit more differentiation between the way the characters looked or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, but other than that, it's killer. Awesome. Um, 
what are you got another one more image book for us? Yes, I read Aphrodite 5 by Brian Hill and Jeff Spokes. That's Aphrodite 5, issue number two. Issue two, yes, sorry. Um, and so this is like a, a, a classic Top Cow character um, brought back. And this story arc is about there's a guy and he made some robots or something and then some terrorists went to like shut down the school that he ran and there were all these kids and then she goes in and saves them um and she's a robo too and but it's actually really good i'm doing a terrible job of explaining <laughs> it but i love brian hill i think he's like one of the best at like it was cool i got a brian hill double double barrel bill this week my favorite one is when you uh <laughs> when you review a book that i've not read i don't know what happens <laughs> You start, I just like you, you fall just get, apart. I have no you, idea what happens. You start, you start, just you just describe what happens on every page as quickly as you can, and then suddenly it's the end, and then you're like, oh, you don't remember what you said about it. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, Jeff Smith's art is like really great and like moody and inky. I think it really suits it. It kind of reminds me of almost like Checkmate, something like that. It's mm-hmm. got sort of that uh, government spy agency overtones, but in this kind of ludicrous over the top. I love the, um, the superhero universe. The choice of colors, how every every yes. two pages is kind of like ch- a, a chosen color. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so we're just following this character Aphrodite as she sort of figures out who she is and what her new purpose is because she doesn't want to just be a killer anymore. She wants to be a killer with purpose. <laughs> um, but it's good. I, I think Brian Hill writes really compelling um, dialogue and the action sequences are great. And I really like this. Cool. Good. I've, heard, I've heard good things about the other Aphrodite books, but I've never read them. That's it for Image. Now we move over to DC, um, and we'll start with issue number 1002. Yes, please. It's a fun number to say. Of Action Comics, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Patrick Gleason, who just gets better and better. Um, I, don't, I don't know Ugh. what... Like, I loved all of his work that he did with um, Tomasi on this is like, my favorite Green Lantern and though. Superman and Batman and Robin, uh, but... I don't know what it's like. Just slightly different, and it and it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm really into it. Uh, Alejandro uh, Sanchez on colors on this one, um, and this continues the story of. Uh, so yeah, it's it's crazy. I keep getting Superman and action confused. Yeah. I think I might, might prefer action a little bit more, maybe because of Gleason. Yeah, I think so. But um, this one deals mostly with uh, the gangs who have been uh, basically trying to like frame Superman. Mm-hmm. For these, uh, uh, like the first, it's fires, and then in the beginning of this issue, um, Superman drops a villain to his mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. um, or someone dressed as Superman. Uh, what's cool about this is, uh, we're spending a lot of time at the Daily Planet in both of uh, Bendis's Superman books, and uh, he's really fleshing out all of his characters. I love Perry White, absolutely, and uh, all of these new, uh, kind of reporters mm-hmm, that, uh, mm-hmm. that co that uh, Superman's co workers. We, also we get, get to see, like, Cat Grant she comes and back. people like that. Um, and uh, speaking of another uh, flashback, uh, we get The Guardian yeah. showing up. Um, last scene in uh, Seven Soldiers, maybe, the Grant Morrison mi- oh, He's shown up in a couple of things since then, but he, he's not been used appropriately. Massive in the uh, in the 90s, uh, like an underpowered, sorry, a, a, a not super pa- a not powered uh, mm-hmm. hero in, uh, in Metropolis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who has a big old gold shield. Uh, but he gets the shit beat out of him. He sure does. By, some by a red cloud. Red cloud, yeah. Fuck that red cloud. Um, and, uh, yeah, Superman tries to get some answers out of him when he's in hospital. Uh, it's cool. This is like a crime book, but with Superman. Yeah. And it works Every really well. Every now and again, he's like, I need to go into space and punch an asteroid because I'm angry. I know and it's inevit- inevitable, yeah. but I'm looking forward to Bendis writing a proper mystery over at Batman. 
Ooh. I kind of would like to mm. see him do like a crime, an actual crime book in the Batman universe. I'd like soon. to see him do like a Gotham City Police Department. Yeah, so that, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I, just want, I just want that back. I want yeah. <laughs> Gotham Central back. Um, it was good. Like, I really, I'm enjoying Superman more than I have in a really long time, I think. Um, yeah. It's real good stuff. Far back as I can remember. Um, Lois is keeping yeah. a secret from Superman too, which is the kind of... We thought she was in space. But she's, she's not, not in space. She's, she's even wearing a blonde wig and pretending to be somebody else. Yeah. I don't know how much... Like, how did she get away with that? I feel like Superman would going to say, how did she get a wig? <laughs> How'd she, where'd she find that wig? Wait, wait, in, in the DC universe, you can just go to a shop and buy new hair? Is that what's going on in this universe? Are we supposed to a, believe that? I have a bullshit superpower is that? No. I feel like Superman would have been like, oh, I've noticed that Lois is back in Metropolis because of all of my superpowers. Yeah, totally. But anyway, she somehow got away with My it. ability to hear heartbeats. Um, there is a very funny... I like... This is like a stupid thing that I like but in the uh, front page they actually have a fucking recap page which you never get in DC Comics which is great but also we get like all these post-its around um, Clark's sort of computer at the Daily Planet and there's some pretty funny ones like reminder return Bruce's wedding gift yeah totally funny is KG Beast tied to election hacking yeah Jim Lee called remind Bendis eye appointment (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) talk with Perry (laughs) re-smell yeah (laughs) I'm into it. It's good. Batmite conspiracy. Follow up. Love it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, look, Ben is still doing great stuff over at, uh, in the Superman world. Yeah. Loving it. Um, over in the Batman world though, we have the final issue of Brian Edward Hill. It's Edward. I'm, oh. I finally figured out his actual, I kept saying Michael. Oh, yeah. It's Edward. Um, uh, Brian Hill's uh, final issue of Detective Comics um, featuring uh, art by uh, Miguel Mendonca and uh, Mendonca. I don't know. And Diana Eager on inks and Adriano Lucas on colors. Um, but we learned this week that this whole arc was him setting up a new Batman and the Outsiders book, yes, which please. you pretty much almost called. The second Black Lightning and Katana are in a book. You're like, okay, yeah. where's Geoforce? So Brian Hill is uh, writing a Batman and the Outsiders book um, featuring, is it this team? you got to assume so, Yeah, right? Batman, Duke, Katana, Black Lightning, and Batgirl, and um, Orphan, aka Cassandra Cain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, in this, um, we see them. They don't actually team up in this. It's it, basically like Batman takes down this uh, dumb new uh, bad guy who can Karma. read everybody's minds. Um, he takes him down by himself, but it's, I don't know, it was kind of just like a nice little wrap-up to this arc. Mm. A really solid arc and shows that Brian Hill has a he's he has a good grasp of multiple all the, all the characters involved, especially Black Lightning. Yeah, um, apparently Lynn was saying she's a big Brian Hill fan. She was saying that um all he like all the research he did, she was like he read one Black Lightning series and watched a TV show, and he was like, "Cool, I've got it." <laughs> he's a teacher and a superhero. Bam, nailed it. <laughs> um, but he's just so good. He's so good at superhero comics. Yeah, I re- is, is that where Geoforce is from? Markovia, Jim. Do you remember Geoforce? Yeah, he's from there. Yeah, cool. He's from Markovia. There you go. Excellent. He's the prince of Markovia. I think that means we're going to get Geoforce because there's bad guys in Markovia and that's what the outsiders are going to be investigating. So, yeah. Anyway, I love Geoforce. We get uh, James Robinson is the next writer to do um, an arc in Detective. Oh, good. <laughs> when was the last time he did something good? I don't know. A while ago. Airboy. Yeah. Did you read that ever? Yeah, it was the good. Image? Awesome series. Um, but uh, yeah, um, if you want to follow Brian Hill's continuation of this story, Batman and the Outsiders comes out uh, towards the end of the year. Looking forward to it. Yeah, same. Now we go over to the new Age of Heroes, Siobhan, and we got uh, issue seven of the Terrifics. 
um, and uh, issue eight of The Silencer, the two New Age of Heroes books mm-hmm. that we b- both stuck with. Mm-hmm. They both come out the same week every month, and they both have uh, a, a never-ending revolving list of artists, which is weird because when this series started, when this whole like thing started, it was, and they they, they, they favor artists over writers, and that was like the yeah. whole point of this series. They and even, then they're like, oh no, but also they're interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. They, they credit all the artists first uh, on the front covers before the writer, but this is the fourth um, artist in mm-hmm. seven issues of the Terrifics. Um, we have Dale Eaglesham. Doing, I like Dale Eaglesham. Doing great. Oh, I like all the artists yeah. almost. Um, uh, doing great work in this, but it is just weird. It's annoying. We had um, uh, Joe Bennett last month. Then we had two issues from Shana and Ivan Reyes at the start. Fucking bring back Shana. Um, and then uh, The Silencer has its third artist in eight issues. Um, oh, no, it's, well, it's credited to Bogdanovich on the front, but that's not Bogdanovich. It's a Bogdanovich cover. Right. Um, we um, have the rest of it. Patch Zercher, um, who is good. Yes. Do you know this? Uh, I didn't like it as much. I feel like a lot of the charm of Silencer is down to um, what Bogdanovich has done. And I feel like this made it a much more average comic book. Yeah, that's true. This was like fine. So we should talk about issue eight of the Silencer first. Uh, yeah. yeah, written by Dan Abnett. Um, of course, it's originally launched with John Romita Jr. art, um, which was like some of his strongest work in years. And mm-hmm. then um, we got Victor Bogdanovich mm-hmm. taking over. And I really enjoyed his uh, his style mm-hmm. on the book. Pat Searcher is a very much of a kind of like classic... Um, He's a really, really solid comic book artist. He's fine. But um, not someone that you would put on after two very stylized uh, yeah. artists. Yeah. I think I think he does a good job of um, her costume mm-hmm. and like Quietus and like those sorts of big bad guys. But I think the, the bits with her family look really Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Bizarre, and I think that the look that Bogdanovich had developed, it just really worked, and it was like the voice of this comic for me. Sure. Um, and so I just felt like this was still this was still fine, but it just wasn't as good as I've, you know, as I expect it to be. Yeah. All the time. I feel like in superhero books, it's very rare that we see um, the 
secret identity be such a big factor yeah, in totally. a story now? Like, so few of them even give a fuck about it. Yeah. Now, since, like, the MCU is so big, like, there's barely any Marvel heroes that have secret identities. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's cool to see it be so important to this story, integral, because basically the silencer has given up being the silencer. Mm-hmm. She just wants to be a mum and mm-hmm. have, a, have a family. Absolutely. Um, and uh, when her old underworld uh, assassin life comes back to haunt her, she needs to... Uh, Kill everybody, basically, so yep. that she can go back to living her, her quiet, nice life. Absolutely. And this issue has a Freaky Friday in it. Yes, totally. Um, they, they, she, she and another um, assassin quietest get Freaky, freaky Friday'd. By magic. Um, and because, yeah, because the, uh, the magical arm of, uh, of Leviathan, mm. who are the big kind of like League of Assassins run by Talia Al-Zul, Al Ghul, um, the, the, the girl who runs the magic arm of Leviathan is like, no one ever takes her seriously. Yeah. And so she's fucking around so with... So I'm going to Freaky Friday, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's just great. And like, you know, you have her... She's tricked her family into going to like this uh, superhero uh, theme park, which mm-hmm. is near where Leviathan are based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she sneaks off when they go on roller coasters and makes out like she's going to go, you know, get a tan or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the family are kind of like starting to go like, hey, why are you, why are you keep fucking you off? You don't want to spend time with us on this family holiday? <laughs> uh, but it's cool. It's, it's a really, really good book. It's a, yeah. It still surprises me how much I enjoy this book. Yeah, same. I do still really enjoy it. I just would like Bogdanovich to come back. Please. Um, the Terrifics this week gave us issue number seven with art by Dale Eaglesham, written by Jeff Lemire. Um, that's uh, the second book so far by, by Lemire mm-hmm. on this episode. Um, and uh, in the first issue of this series, which was kind of pitched as a... Um, Fantastic Four mm-hmm. tribute uh, from DC featuring uh, Mr. Terrific and Plastic Man and Metamorpho and Phantom Girl. Um, we saw Tom Strong mm-hmm. give like they, they receive a message from Tom Strong at the start of this uh, series. And uh, this the bulk of this issue is uh, a fight between Tom Strong and one of his longtime enemies. Um, and uh, then he gets trapped in a big tree. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Terrifics kind of come to save while while looking for him have to face basically save Tom Strong. Um it's like it's, a, it's a really fun venture book. Dale Eaglesham is totally like in the in the right realm of artists who should have been on this book from the start, not Absolutely. not Ivan Rice. Absolutely. Uh, Rice. Um but uh yeah I mean look I, I miss Shana but like I would happily uh, I wish it was like two issues from Shana, two issues from Eaglesham, two issues like cuz he's he, he yeah. has such a he's got a really classic kind of throwback style that still has so much fun with like, you know, Basically, like, like Plastic Man is so integral to this group. Like, what, totally. what an artist does with the character of Plastic Man and his weird transformations. And uh, there's a brilliant panel of uh, Plastic Man just, like, sitting, li- lying down on his bed, looking at his phone, all Fully sad. <laughs> and he's just, like, this like this puddle puddle of, of, of arm. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And he knows how to draw, like, a hilarious, like, beefy, handsome dude. Yes, definitely. I'm into it. Um, so, yeah, like, not, not quite as... Uh, fun story-wise as previous issues have been, but uh, this book's still on the right track. Absolutely. I'm Good enjoying fun. it. Good stuff. You got some more that I didn't yeah. read? Yeah. Well, I read Wonder Woman issue 53, which is the final um, issue of Steve Orlando's in-between yeah, I gotta, uh, thing, I, I gotta, think. I've got to take this home and, and read, read this little arc because yeah. you said I really enjoyed it, huh? Um, and so this has art by ACO, um, inks by David Lorenzo, colors by Romulo Fiado Jr. Nice. Um, and this is like the best Wonder Woman comics since Greg Rucker Fuck. left. Fuck. Awesome. 100%. This like little three issue arc has been very, very good. Um, so 
the first issue was not even in this arc, but I think Steve Orlando has a really good grasp of the character. And it's been really good fun. So this, these two issues has just been um, Wonder Woman teamed up with Artemis and a new female Aztec to fight um, an Incan god. And it takes full advantage of ACO's uh, really out there pop arty style. He draws the hell out of a cool Wonder Woman. That's great. Um, it involves a whole bunch of cool like Wonder Woman lore that I love, and I love Aztec as a character, and I love this new female Aztec, and just like design wise, it's so gorgeous and so fun. And this was just great. I wish Steve Orlando had more time on this series because this is so good, so much better than um, James Robinson's run as well. Yeah. I loved it. That's great. Yeah, really loved it. Man, those panels look so good. Yeah, okay, it's gorgeous. Okay, I'm binge all this tonight. I really highly recommend picking up um, 51 to 53 of Wonder Woman because it is great. And does that mean we get G. Willow Wilson next issue? I don't know. No, maybe not. Maybe this is still going. Oh, cool. I have no idea. Anyway, it's great. Great stuff. It's good to see Steve Orlando doing, doing good shit again. Yeah, too. absolutely. Real cool. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. That was so fast. That's so good. Wayne drew us um, Nick Fury pulling a, pulling pulling a, a wet, wet wipe out of his eye. eye socket. That's gorgeous. I, I want to frame that. That's an excellent picture. Yeah, that's amazing. Wayne's you, good. You do that. And, and the, the caption is Sergeant Kleenex Fury. <laughs> the pun could have been better. Thanks, man. <laughs> like Kleenex Fury could have uh, been good. That was. Oh, that's all right, bro. Just draw me another one. That's, that's all. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. I will definitely put this on the website. If you want to go, you want to so see funny. this brilliant picture, either head to um, seriousissues.tumblr.com or facebook.com slash groups slash seriousissuespodcast. That is so fucking good. It's so good, man. That's so <laughs> funny. I love it. Thank you, Wayne. Um, so finally from DC this week, we have um, Mother Panic, um, Gotham AD, the last book in this uh, initial run of Young Animal books. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's almost officially over. I think we, we are getting new issues of Doom Patrol. Um, oh, good. But there's no other kind of other Young Animal books anymore, which is a bummer because most of them are very, very good. Yeah, and absolutely. this was one of the ones that was very good. Uh, written by Jody Hauser um, with art by Ibrahim Mustafa and colors by Jordan Boyd. Um, the... These last six issues, I did not like anywhere near as much as I liked the first 12. I still liked it. But I enjoyed it. Basically, it's like kind of uh, her own. The, the, the fi- this, this final issue is called Different Bat Channel, which I thought was cute. Yeah. On the same bat channel, same bat channel. Um, but yeah, so basically she's in another DC universe in which um, Jason Todd is kind of like become a crime lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we see a lot of uh, Batman villains and different versions of them. A lot of them die. It's been a pretty gruesome um, mm-hmm. six issues. She's uh, teamed up with a young girl called Fennec Fox uh, and kind of... And her mum. Her mum, yeah. And uh, th- she comes face-to-face with uh, a, a, this this world's version of herself at, in this final issue. I sort of almost like as well that the end result of this isn't her being like, I need to get back to my own universe. She's like, oh, there's good I can do here in this universe so she stays. I yeah. thought that was like a nice change. Um, I really liked this arc. I liked the little family that they built up and I, I wish I wish there was more. Yeah, me too. I, maybe that's the, I, I feel, I have the same feeling I did after I finished that Shade, the Changing Woman issue number yeah. six where I'm like, oh, I want, this, this didn't wrap up. this to go forever. Exactly. I want this longer and yeah. I think this, especially that like I, I did want her to go, I know you just said how good it was that she didn't go back and I hear you but I loved what that yeah. what the world she came from was. Yeah, I loved Ratcatcher, and I loved yeah. like you know the, the the garden that her mother lived in, and mm-hmm. her villains over there, and you know her coexisting with the regular DC universe. So her being here, I think I would have enjoyed more if she went back. Mm. And I know we, what and you we mean. had we had I would just back. go to see loads more. And yeah, I love totally. the art. I feel like um, Mustafa really found 
his groove towards the end of this arc, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really sad to see the end of this. Also, was yours printed really poorly? Yeah, really, really bad printing on this like issue. Well, I think they just they just sent the wrong the wrong files or something like that. So we have some uh, really poor resolution. Yeah, that's right. Very annoying. Real bad. Uh, that is it from DC. Now we move over to Marvel. Oh boy, big Marvel week. And I definitely forgot to read a few things, um, but that's because it was an enormous Marvel week. There's only so many Marvel books I can take home. Absolutely. I've got 10 here or something like that. Uh, let's start with ones that I haven't read. All right. Um, I did not read Mr. and Mrs. X. Oh, why? You hate fun. I just forgot. And I really want this. It's another one I'm going to steal. So this is by Kelly Thompson with art by Oscar Belbazaldua. Belbazaldua. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um... Rogue and Gambit are on their honeymoon in space, which could obviously never go wrong, and it's been crashed by Deadpool, hilarious, who loves Rogue but loves money more, and who wants to steal the... uh, They were entrusted by the X-Men to take this, like, shiny rock to somewhere in space. That's right. Um, And then the rock turns out to be a shiny egg Mm -hmm. in space, and Deadpool wants it because there's a huge... um, Chicken. There's a huge chicken in it, no. There's a huge bounty... For delivering it somewhere. And so this is mostly Rogue and Gambit fighting Deadpool with some like very funny dialogue. Um, and then we also get see Technet, a really fucking weird space bounty hunter. Oh, that's right, group. yep. Um, including like the weird baby. <laughs> Joy Boy. Um, so I feel like Kelly Thompson is just having a good time with this. It's very silly. It's very funny. And I like... Um, oh, and then the egg hatches. And it's a clone of Rogue. What? Wow, what the hell? And it says, next, not more clones and golems. No, it's way weirder than that. So I'm excited to see what, 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 what is that? Rogues come from eggs, everybody. Absolutely. That's how if you want a rogue, you got to hatch an egg. Uh, the lovely Nate and I were talking this morning about what, because um, I was saying that the X-Men sound like Rogue and Gambit sound like the versions from the animated series in my head. Oh, right, sure. Do you have that? Yeah, I guess, yeah, th- them in particular. Yeah, those because in particular. I don't think anyone else. Colossus. Oh, and maybe um, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so iconic. Yeah. Uh, I need to breathe this one tonight. I think Kelly looked. Kelly Thompson's doing good stuff over Yeah, she's so great. Uh, let's keep things X for a minute, and we'll uh, talk about X-Men Red, issue number seven, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Carmen Carnero and uh, Rain Barreto on colors. Um this issue um, sees uh, the team led by Jean Grey uh, try and save an attack on Atlantis while um, the rest of the team... Um, this is, what's really great is that there's, there's one character who has like a connection to a sentinel mm-hmm. and she, she basically can control the sentinel so the sentinel is her friend and is good. Um, but when they're on a plane trying to uh, find something on a plane, uh, she gets shot and the connection to her sentinel is severed and the sentinel crashes on the plane. Mm, that was a good moment. Really, really clever use of you know, everything that's been set up <laughs> so far. Um, and there's, there appear to be like nano sentinels that are infecting people's brains. Is that what they are? That's right, yeah, yeah. That are causing people to just flip out and be like, there's a mutant, kill a mutant. Yes. Pew, um, pew, pew. And I think, yeah, this is a bit of a slower series, but enough happens in each issue. I just like that like when, you know, a lot of Tom Taylor's do, books do this where like everything is set up for everyone really, really well. And now like these great events happen with, with yeah. the characters, you know, in, in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a classic Tom Taylor. Yeah. Um, I like it. And Canero, Carmen Canero does a good job of aping um, Mahmoud Azra's style that he developed for, these book, uh, for this book. It cool. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the series. I also like that Jean Grey is just like, she's almost like Superman. Yeah. And that she's just kind of like this moral good yep. character. Um, I don't think I've seen that take on her before. Like she never, she's not like complaining all the time, which is what 
It's more like she was in uh, like Astonish, uh, like New X Men, Grant Morrison's, where she's kind of like the leader. Yes, totally. Yeah, which is cool. I like her in that role. I enjoy this take on her. Um, yeah, I like this. This is good. Mm. Just a solid, solid X book. And man, those covers. Jenny yeah. Frisson covers, I believe. Are they Frisson? That's I good. don't know. But anyway, they're lovely. Shouldn't just say on the front cover? Should. In the inside? Uh, man cover, Jenny Frisson. Very good. Good work. Good guess. I'm very smart. Um, have we got any other X books this week? Not really. I don't think so. No. Nah. No. Okay. Well, let's talk about... Uh, what else did you read? Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. That was an excellent book this week. Yes, please. Um, so... Devil Dinosaur has accidentally been turned into an eight-year-old boy. Called Devin. So it's actually now called Moon Girl and Devin Dinosaur. <laughs> and uh, Lunella, a.k.a. Moon Girl, is like pretending like he's her friend uh, from Canada, <laughs> which explains his weird behavior um, as he tries to fit in at school. Um, and they did some great work with uh, Kingpin's newly adopted daughter. Princess. Princess. I love her. That's such a funny character. She's so good. And for the first time in this book, um, she, it's only her. We we see her thoughts. Mm-hmm. So like, there's always thought bubbles whenever she's uh, in a panel. And there's a one one great bit. She hates Devin uh, because we were talking all about me, and then this boy has come and made it all about him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I just like how like realistic the the, the the talk between these nine-year-olds feels yeah absolutely especially eduardo like yes. is, is a really really strong character um i like i really like princess as a foil to um to moon girl yep um like almost like the polar, polar opposite of everything that that uh, moon girl is except they're both very stubborn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh the finale of this sees uh Ed- devon kidnapped by the wrecking cat crew, crew. It's, it's great not, yeah and it continues uh, to be excellent the art's so lovely by natasha bustos and colors by tamara bombion um, it's always going to be beautiful. And I like that it's like, it's a proper all ages book, you know, like it's fun to read and it's good, but it's also about sort of themes of fitting in and bullying and yeah. school. But it's really good. <laughs> it's uh, cool. I like it. I didn't love the last arc to get whether they were in space and devil, that she was separated from yeah, devil's yeah, iron yeah. store, but this is like my favorite arc in a long time. On yeah, this, totally. on this run. Also, I want that sweatshirt that just says lunch. <laughs> Someone get Siobhan a lunch sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm just going to start lunch. asking for things and maybe Wayne will conjure them for us. <laughs> that was amazing. He's like, I knitted it <laughs> while you were talking. Uh, we got a uh, third issue of Black Panther this week, uh, written by Tanahisi Coates, with art by Daniel Akuna, who colors his own work, I think. He's a very, very good artist and the perfect fit for this uh, crazy story set in, fu- in the future in uh-huh. space, in which uh, T'Challa has kind of woken up in this uh, future world where he is kind of viewed as this forgotten legend and Wakandans are like this, you know, one of the most present races in space. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just crazy. This book, I can't believe totally. it exists. And there's a massive reveal at the end of uh, as someone storms in that uh, is is a callback to um, well, it's, it's basically it's 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 the future version of Manifold. Someone has become oh, the Manifold. Oh, I mean, he says, "I am the Manifold." No, but is... I just didn't make that connection didn't... for some reason because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I'm into it. Yeah, we love Manifold here, and if even if he becomes an evil space robot in the future, I'm still a big fan. And I love the idea that, like, somehow, even though this is a future where um, the Wakandan Empire has, like, conquered all of space, somehow it's the real T'Challa. Like, it's our T'Challa who's traveled forward in yeah, time totally. in space but doesn't have his memories. It's good. It's really it's cool. It's good. so different and weird. And, uh, yeah, I just love what a massive change-up this is to what Coates was doing on the book. Absolutely. Three issues ago. And it's fun. Like, it's a sort of, you know, again, like a lot of Coates' work, it's a commentary on uh, empires and... Um, the colonialism. Yeah, definitely. I'm great. into it. It's great. 
Um, Black Panther is also also a member of the Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Siobhan, the Avengers. Oh, yeah. And Jason Aaron wrote uh, issue number six this week, which featured art by Ed McGuinness and uh, Paco Medina. Um, also inks by Mike Morales and Juan Velasco and colors by David Curiel. Um, and we are now at the finale of this arc, um, which was essentially setting up the team of um, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Black Panther, Ghost Rider, She-Hulk, and Doctor Strange, um, and Captain Marvel, who's not on the cover for some reason. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this uh, this book really took its time getting to a point where I am got interested in it, and it mm-hmm. still hasn't really gotten there. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing is kind of setting up, but like the, ori- the reason everyone in the Marvel Universe has powers uh, is because a sentinel, sorry, a, a, a celestial died on Earth millions of years ago. And I don't care. That's, how they ha- that's why they have their powers. That's not a question that needed to be answered. Um, but they it just looks, have powers. Well, I mean, you know, I, I really loved that uh, Avengers, what is it, a million BC or whatever yeah, it was. It was. Cool. So that's what issue seven is going to be all about. We have, a, we have an issue all about the ghost rider who rides a woolly mammoth. Okay, I'm fine um, with that. It's that's issue fun. number seven, so I advise you pick that one up for the next issue. You don't right. really need to know, I, I, you, all you need to know is that they were assembled um, yes, that's we, we took we took six issues and now the Avengers have been assembled. I really hope Jason Aaron does great things with this book, but so far it's been pretty middling. Mm. Um, the Century this week we haven't talked about the Lemire book in a while, and he wrote uh, the Century issue number three, Jeff Lemire, with uh, art by Kim Jacinto and Joshua Casara, colors by Rain Barreto, and uh, this is a very very gloomy uh superhero book um people have kind of called it like marvel's answer to uh mr miracle but jeff lemire is writing it so it's a lot more interesting (laughs) (laughs) um and uh basically the sentry uh who was at one point the most powerful being in the marvel universe uh has to live a kind of like boring life in which he works in a diner by the day and then when he goes home at night he fights the void um, who lives within his head but in his head he can also be a powerful being again and he has to check in once a day and go in and defeat the void otherwise the void will escape into our universe that's right which would be a problem um in the second issue he's betrayed by his best friend and we learn that he's kind of like responsible for uh this his ability to get back into this world and, mm-hmm. and defeat the void uh, disappearing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this issue kind of fills in the blanks that we weren't uh, aware of in issue one and two, in which uh, Bob's uh, sidekick meets up with uh, his one-time arch enemy mm-hmm. and the two kind of plot their, their their evil doings. It's very good. It's really, really good. I very much enjoy this. Yeah, and I, I, you know we say a lot about how great the writing is, but Kim Jacinto's art is phenomenal on it's this. Perfect, it's really pitch perfect. And I, I've only really seen him too. Like I, sw- I think he did some Avengers issues um, last year. Or, okay. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm not super familiar. Just a name that I'm familiar with, but certainly never really took notice of him as an artist beyond like you know, oh, this is good art. This mm. is like you know, this is really really unique art with great panel layouts. The excellent final uh, pages of this book are just so good and. Um, Really, really differently styled. Um, I, you know, the, the the look of anguish and pain on uh, on mm. Bob's face as he discovers his world is crumbling around around yeah. him. Like it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I really, really love this uh, series, and I wasn't expecting to because who gives a shit about the century? This is cool shit, though. It's really cool shit, and it's a it's just a mini series, right? It's just a six issue mini. Um, they haven't said how many. Mm. That's well, the Marvel way. It's great. Yeah, really into it. Um, before we talk about uh, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, why don't you tell me, what's the main thing Peter Parker is dealing with in Spider-Man at the moment? Um, he has been separated from Spider-Man, and so 
Peter Parker has all of the responsibility, but none of the power. And Spider-Man has all of the power and none of the responsibility. So, in issue four of Amazing Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man fights Peter Parker. Guess what happens in issue 607 of Daredevil? Daredevil fights It's the return. It's the return of um, Mike Murdoch. Oh. Did you ever read the dead, any Daredevil issues? Basically, uh, he invented a twin brother. Uh, oh. To explain, this is like long, long ago. He, okay. he uh, in, early in his career, he uh, he was having trouble with his secret identity, um, and he p- people were starting to put together that that uh, that Daredevil could, might might be Matt Murdock. So he invented a twin brother uh, <laughs> called Mike what? Murdock, and. Um, Basically, people like Karen fell in love with Mike Murdoch, oh and my God. Uh, he ended up having to fr- like like basically set up that Mike Murdoch died. <laughs> That's like that is a pretty classic Daredevil problem to Just, invent for himself. Totally, and uh, so Charles Soul writes Daredevil now, and it's been up and down. I, I, I kind of check in, check out. I can't <laughs> properly give it up because I like Charles Soul and I like Daredevil. He's one of my favorite yeah. superheroes. Um, I pick this one up because it's Charles Soul uh, writing it with Phil Noto. It's a good cover. It's a I great cover. It up it's, and, just for the cover. And the art inside is excellent. But you're going to love this. Yes, so, please. Charles Soul, before doing Daredevil, was doing all the Inhumans books over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And some of the new characters that he invented for Inhumans were Frank McGee, that mm-hmm. awesome cool cop that can blind people with his eyes. Yep. Uh, and then um, uh, Reader, who is a blind Inhuman who yes. three times a day can read something and whatever he reads with Braille. Mm-hmm. Um, comes true or he creates or manifests. manifests. He's like um, a secret. So he basically, um, Matt Murdock hired these team of Inhumans to basically uh, try and discredit the Kingpin from uh, for being the mayor. Okay. Um, and while while reading I through... How he's like, the law, except for me. <laughs> yeah. The, the, while, while reading these exhaustive um, files that Matt Murdock gave him, Rita falls asleep. And when he falls asleep, his powers recharge. And when he wakes up, he's reading about Mike Murdoch. Uh. So he has manifested this character that Matt Murdoch invented as a secret identity. And so Mike Murdoch now exists. Great. And he's like an evil version of Matt Murdoch who doesn't know that Matt Murdoch is Daredevil. Why is he evil? Um, because he figures out that um, Matt Murdoch wants to you know, remove him from, from existence. Ah, uh, Right. <coughs> That done anybody evil? I just—it's so weird. That's pretty funny. It's nothing like the last um, arc of this uh, of yeah. this series, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm on board. This is That's great. That's some proper superhero silliness. Yeah, it's, uh, so I if, like that. If you like superhero silliness, um, it's the issue before this. This arc started 606. Um, go pick it up. It has great art by Phil Noto and uh, really fun writing by Charles Soule, featuring characters that Charles Soule was very fond of mm. uh, in uh, the uh, old Inhumans characters. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, over to Spider-Man right now. Issue number four this week, uh, written by Nick Spencer with art by Ryan Otley um, and uh, inks by Cliff, Rath- Cliff Rathburn, uh, colors by Laura Martin. Um, we see that uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man have been separated mm-hmm. um, due to some cool uh, technology that links back to how Spider-Man got his super spider powers mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, and we also learn that um, the same rats that uh, had this... Uh, mm-hmm experimented on as well and are now dying. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically... There's a ticking clock there. Yeah, Peter Parker has to uh, convince Spider-Man to, I guess, reform with him and, mm. and so that the two can become one. But Spider-Man views Peter Parker as just a complete loser. Yeah. Who, you know, he, w- is- he was the reason why Spider-Man's life sucked before this. So yeah. why would it, why would he spend any time with him? And also this, this Spider-Man is like really reckless and is like... And he doesn't remember Uncle Ben. He doesn't have the key thing. I like this because Nick Spencer is doing like... 
what Nick Spencer does, where he takes like a sort of fundamental core element of the superhero thing and does something a bit fun with it. Mm. I feel like he could do a lot less in terms of dialogue. Just dial it back. Doesn't yeah. need as many like arrested development. Especially when this book like is that. coming out every two weeks. Yeah. I was I would, I would like a little less spidey. <laughs> just a less. Just a touch less. Um but uh yeah, all the while we have um someone who I'm not aware of at all. Um Mendelstrom. Yeah. I've heard of him like but he, th- this is the joke. He's like a shit Spidey villain yep. who thinks that he's Spider-Man's greatest foe, but he is not. Um, he actually looks way more like a character straight out of Invincible than he does Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, that's because Ryan Otley is on the art. And um, God, Killing I love it. Ryan Otley's art is just so good. And I'm the, 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 <clears throat> the most worrying thing about this being double shipping is I, I know very soon Ryan Otley is not going to do an issue. And is that where this all falls apart and I stop I reading know. the series? I don't know. And I hope that he can... How, I hope that they gave the him fuck? like a good lead time, you but, know? No, but even still, like... How long can you do two two issues a month? Yeah, totally. I hate double shipping. I hate it. It's so Stop bad. Stop doing it. Because it makes us talk about the same books more often on the podcast. Yeah, which we- is the main problem. No, but also, it's like, you know, from it's an expensive. art point of view. Yeah, it's expensive for, for readers and readers are less inclined Absolutely. to... Uh, to kind of try new things because the, the you know the Flash comes out every two weeks, Batman yeah. comes out every two weeks, Spider Man every two weeks, Avengers every two weeks. Yeah, um, it's just it's, it's no it's good. So hard on creators, it's so unfair. I yeah, think. it's just ludicrous. I don't know what the I mean. The cons are that it makes the publishers more money, but but kind of. Yeah, not really. Because I feel like people would be reading more. I don't know. But then there are examples where it does work. Like I really loved when Wonder Woman was written by Greg Rucker and he had two timelines yeah. with different artists so it's still stuck with those artists the whole way through um, but man like those artists were under the pump yeah totally uh, um, anyway yeah. I have a question so at the beginning each so far each issue has had like a one page little someone appearing to be hunted do you think that's a Craven thing do of you course, think that's well, going to be a Craven reference unless they pull the rug out from us but yeah, yeah I figure it's going to be the return of Craven I hope so um, but good Craven I want good Craven yeah because I, I, I want what every- is his name Sergei the the unhunted, yeah. un- unhuntable. Um, yeah, yeah, the unhuntable Sergei. I, Love it. I want all everything that happens in Squirrel Girl to be just considered canon, canon forever. Absolutely. Um, how amazing would that be if Ryan North made all decisions for all Marvel books and movies? <laughs> I think it would be a much better universe, frankly. Um, so yeah, Spider- Amazing Spider-Man. It's still good. It's, it's still, still it's really good. I just I have that fear in the back of my mind that yeah. a new artist is going to be in it. It's not going to be Otley. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about the life of Captain Marvel. Um, so this is issue two of the life of Captain Marvel, written by Margaret Stoll, penciled uh, half penciled by Carlos Pacheco. Oh God! And inks by Rafael Fontes and Marguerite Savage does the uh, backups, flashbacks. Sorry, and mm-hmm. colors by Marcio Menes. And this is like fifty percent. We're getting a bit more backstory about Carol and her family, and pretty much like a fucked up home life. Back in, where are they supposed to be? Everyone has funny accents. Boston, maybe. Everyone has, like, Boston accents. Or New England. Something like that. Anyway. Um, so Carol's back, and her brother has a brain injury, so she's been staying at home to help her mom look after her brother. But everyone's like, maybe you should go and be a superhero again. Um, and then she discovers a letter that means that her dad was probably cheating on her mom. And she's like, oh, no, family drama. It's <laughs> such an issue. Um, but then also a space alien lady has landed. So now it's going to actually be some superhero shit. Cool. Um, but actually, the first issue, I was like, no, I don't care about this. This is boring. I don't care about Carol's home life. But it's really, <laughs> in one issue, it's really grown on me. The oh, second really? issue was really good. I don't like the colors, but um, the art's really serviceable. I like learning a bit more about her history. It makes her like a tiny bit more interesting and relatable and well-rounded. 
Um, and it looks like it's about to become some cool superhero stuff, and I'm into it. Okay, I just might read this. Yeah. Look, I, I genuinely think it's worth it. Okay, great. Um, Venom gave us issue number five this week by Donny Cates, uh, Ryan Stegman, J.P. Mayer, and Frank Martin. Um, actually, just in saying Donny Cates' name and Stegman's name, who uh, also have faux rivalries with Chip Zdarsky on uh, on Twitter, I forgot that we meant to me- we we forgot to mention the best part of um, Punisher number one at the start mm. of the episode is that oh, a, ca- yeah. a character called Zdarsky dies, <laughs> which is uh, if you don't follow all those creators on Twitter, um, it's reason enough to get Twitter. Absolutely. Um, because uh, they just have this funny faux kind of beef. Funny beefs. That uh, is, is Chip's the best at and everyone else is pretty good at. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ryan Stegman and Donny Cates team up for uh, Venom um, and it's definitely the book that Stegman was born to draw. It's so fun seeing him draw these like enormous kind of like winged Venom beasts yeah. um, in this uh, and it kind of exploring like this deeper lore of where the symbiote comes from, which I did like, just like, you know, you were saying you don't care about learning more about Carol's home life. I didn't think I needed to learn more about mm. the history of the symbiote, but they're doing really, really fun stuff with this, like, you know, weird alien uh, suit and where it comes from and what, what, what it's, what it's meant to be doing in mm-hmm, the world mm-hmm. and, and it, what it's connected to. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a fun kind of twist in this issue and um, we now see kind of like, yeah, Venom kind of suit up for war. And there's, cool. an- there's another voice in his head. So it's three people making up. So it's him talking to two people now instead of one. Oh, man. And he's, and he's, you know, when he talks to the symbiote. Cool. It's fun. It's really fun. Um, I really, really like this series. It's great. And uh, I think uh, Donny Cates is just like, just a very good get for, uh, for Marvel. He's just fun. Yeah, he really is. And I, I can't really fault anything that he's done so far at Marvel. Mm. I just I just really enjoy it. It's, he, he, he's immensely readable comics. Absolutely. Um, finally from Marvel um, issue 20 of Star Wars Darth Vader again written by Charles Soule with um, excellent art by Giuseppe Camoncoli, uh who but, but just give it to him he's the best artist to have worked on, on a Star Wars book so far uh, maybe discluding Stuart Eminem um, these are certainly better issues though uh, it finishes by Danielle Orlandini and colours by Dono Sanchez Almara and Eric Arciniega um, and uh, this uh, basically this this whole story is um, the how Darth Vader you know that massive lava-covered fortress that Darth Vader has? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. He has it, and this is the story of how he got it. And uh, it's him kind of like doing missions for the uh, for the Emperor mm-hmm. and uh, being given this... Uh, he basically wants his own planet in return. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's like there's this great... It's not too much to ask, is it? No, so there's an excellent action sequence at the end as he kills these two final Jedi that he's been with uh, for this series. And... Um, then we have this really kind of fun discussion between him and the emperor where the emperor is kind of like scalding him and then turning, turning face and then praising him for the good that he's done and oh. that he wants to give him a, a world uh, to say thanks. It? It's good shit. Um, I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm 20 issues in. I didn't think I, I would stick with this. As long I'm as surprised. I it's good. It's, I, you know, I've dropped everything else related to Star Wars and comics, but uh, this is very good. Now that we've done Marvel, DC and Image, it's time to go over to other publishers and uh, head back to the Jeff Lemire well. Uh, because he released issue four of his great series, Black Hammer, Age of Doom, this week, uh, featuring art by Dean Ormston, colors by Dave Stewart, letters by Todd Klein. Um, and This was the book that made me go, oh, shit. So let's, let's go through all the, the the spectrum of Lemire comic emotions this week. Yeah. Um, Royal, Royal City made you cry. <laughs> Black Hammer made you go, oh, oh shit. <laughs> what did uh, the Terrifics do? Um, Lament that. Doc Shana wasn't on anymore. Yeah, but so. also made me go, hubba, hubba. <laughs> 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 I 
Because <laughs> Metamorpho was very handsome when he, has, he stopped being Metamorpho. That's, that's very true. I think he's more handsome when he is Metamorpho. Yeah. <laughs> I lo- I'd love an element wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, what, what else? was the other one? Sentry made you... Uh, hubba hubba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that beard. Uh, Black Hammer Age of Doom um, is... Uh, the they, they finally put the... like They drop it. We find out. We oh, find man. Out. It's a big fucking hot, like, punch-in-the-gut reveal as well. Totally. I wasn't expecting that. So, Black Hammer is all about a bunch of uh, misplaced superheroes. Who Golden Age superheroes. Stuck in a, uh, in a kind of, like... Small town? A small town that they can't, they can't leave, where no one knows that they're superheroes. They have to, they have to keep it secret. And uh, it's really, really frustrating for all of them because they've been stuck here for years and they've, you know, left their past lives, beh- past lives behind. Um, and the daughter of the deceased Black Hammer has come to find them, um, but has, uh, has now that she's here, she can't get anywhere in her investigation because um, there, are, there are forces at play that might be from coming from within the team. And in this issue, we learn the beginning. We, we learn what the secret is. Yeah. We don't know why or how. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's an amazing final page reveal. It really is. And um, I cannot wait to see how this miniseries... Ra- I don't know, I don't know how, what the plan is with Black, Black Hammer, but I can't wait to see how, how this uh, continues. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Fuck, it's so good. Everyone should read this. It's like a pure distillation of what's great about superhero comics um, told by one of the absolute masters, contemporary masters of the form. Yeah, definitely. And there's really, really human moments yep. within this comic because uh, it is like, yeah, like a big thick slathering of, uh, of, of mm-hmm. Lemire-esque depression uh, yep. on every page because uh, it's, you know, he's so good at writing superhero books in which you know, they're not allowed to be superheroes anymore yep. for whatever reason. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, when, when he does do something that is just so unmistakably comic book bullshit, I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's what this big reveal is. Oh man! One of the one of the best I issues I read this week. It. But um, read it, guys! Fucking go read it, mate. I mean, we we, we mate, definitely owe it. we owe the world a big spoiler filled Lemire episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to if you want to get access to all of these big bonus episodes we've been putting out lately, we've done some great ones recently. Saga and yeah. Kill, Kill or Be Killed have both gotten big deep dive specials. Uh, you can find them over on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. We're quite a few people signing up at the very uh, but very we've got a pretty fun two dollar level. It gets you access to some bonus episodes, and um, uh, it's it's really cool over there. If yeah. you want, and if it's a great way to support the show, um, you know, however however much money you're able to support us with each month goes a long way with us. Mm-hmm. Um, keeps uh, keeps Siobhan full of chicken soup. I've I've genuinely needed a lot of chicken soup lately. Um, yeah, but Black Hammer definitely deserves a, a long discussion where we can go through spoilers in the future because this book is uh, fucking great. It's so good. Um, so you read a Valiant book this week I did I read Britannia Lost Eagles of Rome by Peter Milligan Robert Gill and Jose Villarubia um, and this is the uh, detective story set in ancient room <laughs> ancient, ancient room ancient room ancient Rome under the rule of Nero we have the world's first detectioner <laughs> it's pretty like this is a lame book. I wouldn't necessarily be like, this is a cool book for cool people who like cool <laughs> comic books. This is a lame book for lamos who like history, um, like me. And in this, we see our detectioner and his lady gladiator um, teammate go to um, Egypt and go to find out some secrets from the Library of Alexandria, which gets burned down while they're there. Great. I love it. It's good fun. They're trying to find some uh, eagles <coughs> that got lost in a war with Germans. And Nero's like, bring back the eagles or my everyone will hate me. Because Nero sucks. Nero sucks. He's a big jerk. 
Um, this is I just think it's really fun. It's really different to everything else. I like the value of putting this out. It's always on nice paper stock. Um, Peter Milligan does a good job of all the dialogue. It's silly as all hell, but it's like another detective story. Great. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, so one book that I was very surprised that I liked so much was The Re- Regular Show, mm. 25 Years Later. Um, and uh, this is a book that basically is 25 years after the you know, in, into the future of the, uh, of the regular show Cartoon Network series, uh, starring Mordecai, Mordecai and Rigby, uh, two animals who work in a park, um, who always are uh, irresponsible and allow monsters to fuck their lives up. But as they grow up into adults, they, they learn responsibility and they become really cool dads. Mm. Um, but while kind of rekindling their youth when they go back to the park uh, as adults with their children, um, they fuck up and accidentally trade their children for their youth. Mm-hmm. So now they're young and dumb again, and they need to save their children from an evil wizard. Oh, no. Uh, and they do decide to do that by making a deal with the wizard that if they can raise his son to be a good person, he'll give their children back. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, it's written by Christopher Hastings, um, and uh, art is by Anna Johnstone, uh, with colors by Joanna Lafuente. Great. Um, and uh, who does Fence, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's fucking great. Like, I this... That's so silly, but that sounds so fun. It's so great. And because it's in this alternate, you know, future reality, the stakes feel real in it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really know what's going to happen. And I am really happy to find, like I'm I'm keen to find out how this wraps up. And Mm -hmm. um, it's a really, really clever idea. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, to to give us the uh, the grown up adult versions of these two idiots that we've watched so many episodes of. Um, It's really, really good. Uh, If you are a fan of the series, this is way more in line with what uh, a comic what I wanted this comic to be when, it, when they originally did the regular show comic, which was instead like just a bunch of short stories together yeah, yeah, where you yeah. finish it like, oh, I want to even read this. So, like, yeah. you know, it's not as good as the show. This is something completely different from the show that's perfectly in tone with what the show was. Yeah, cool. Really good. Regular show, 25 years later. Definitely check it out if you're a fan of that show. Um, and uh, speaking of weird franchise comics, um, I every every quarter... I love Mega Man. I'm blessed with a new issue of Mega Man Master Mix. Um, with, which is by Hitoshi Ariga with um, translations by Josh Perez. Um, and this is the fully color version of uh, the manga stories of Mega Man, the excellent Capcom, Capcom um, uh, character. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And each issue of this, this is the third issue so far, um, each issue basically tells uh, the story behind the Mega Man games. We're still in the NES era. So, of course, issue three is... Uh, Mega Man 3, but they're splitting up into two issues because this is the first Mega Man game where they tried to kind of give it a story. So uh, the creator of Mega Man, Dr. Light, um, has to work with Dr. Wily, who is the kind of the main antagonist who creates all the bad robots that Mega Man has to fight in the video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have to work together. And of course, Dr. Wily quickly betrays uh, Dr. Light uh, and Mega Man, and they have to, he has to fight a bunch of robots. It's it is so mindlessly silly and fun. And it is like... Like as a manga fan, you have to appreciate some of these amazing panels of of rockets of, of sorry of robots fighting in space. Yeah. Um. And uh, but also just read Astro Boy, guys. Yeah, sure. But they're, they're not putting out Astro Boy comics every no, week. But you can get the omnibuses. <laughs> omnibuses are heavy. They're small. They're pocket omnibuses. Oh, okay. That's all right. You didn't say. They're actually great. Big difference. Um. But yeah, I, I love this. If you're a fan of the video games, which it should be, some of the best video games ever made. Um. This is the kind of additional lore that is worth what, worth your time as opposed to just being some bullshit that you you know are only spending because you're already a fan. Mm-hmm. This only makes you more of a fan of yeah, the thing yeah. that you're already a fan of. That's nice. Mega Man Master Mix. It comes out through Udon, who do some great manga translations. Uh, that is it for this week. Um, we have uh, all those comics reviewed for you. Have we, there's some new recommendations that you can uh, 
check out. Um, and uh, next week, Siobhan, are you ready for one of the worst weeks of your year? Oh my God, why? Next week is the, um, we're getting the four issues of DC crossed over with Looney Tunes. Oh yeah. Including the Joker Daffy Duck special. No. Written by Scott Lobdell. No. <laughs> no. Um, I can. I, I'm re- I'll read the Mark Russell one, but I'm not going to What about the, the Gail else. Simone uh, uh, t- Catwoman Tweety Pie? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Fine. Maybe. Maybe. You have to read all of them. It's the rule. I demand it. Because <laughs> you, you weren't even here the last time they had yeah, I one. I know. For the last Hanna-Barbera DC um, episode. All so right, all you, right. you got to read these ones. Fine. Um, Fine. Other than that. There's like two new Venom t- titles starting. What? One of them is Shut called Venom. No. But it, no, it's oh, like yeah. It's like Vietnam, and, yes. it's, and it has a um, Goran Polov comic, the guy who did the um, excellent Punisher series recently. Yeah. Uh, Garth Ennis. I guess I'll read that. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? It's we've already getting issue number seven of Avengers. Like we just got issue number six. Calm Fucking double shipping. Down, but you everyone. should read that one. Read that one. That one's gonna be good, I reckon. All right. All right. Um, right. Get some new Batgirl. I'm reading alphabetically. Yeah, it's not, it's not a... You can't see much of the good stuff? Not really. Hmm. I reckon there's going to be a bunch of good stuff. Get a new issue of Euthanauts, that Teeny Howard book for uh, Thingo. <laughs> Harbinger Wars, issue four. Oh, cool. I'll read that. Um, Judge Dredd. I don't even read that anymore. Oh, there's, oh the, the Judas Trade comes out. That was a great series by oh, yeah. um, Jeff Loveness. I, <laughs> I said I'd pick that up for Nate's dad. That's a right. Preacher. Yeah. Um, sounded interested. Highly also, recommend Zombie that. Tramp 51. I will not be picking that up. Zombie Tram? Tramp. Oh, right. I thought it was like a tram full of zombies. That sounds good. <laughs> Someone make that. Wayne. <laughs> well, you're right. Next week is not that exciting. Yeah, that's nice. It's a small week. Because um, it the, it's the last week of the month. It's always a little bit a little bit quieter. Yeah, but we do get Solar, issue five. Oh, yeah. We I'm get very excited about it. Issue number two of The New World. Yes, please. By Ellis Cott and um, Trad Moore. That's yes, exciting. Please. Well, do you guys like this uh, extra segment where we just slowly <laughs> go through all of next week's uh, releases and find things that we're vaguely interested in? Scarlet, um, the Bendis and Malieve book. Runaways, yes, please. Oh, good. Run- it's a Stray Bullets week. Oh, no, it's a trade. Damn it, I've already read that. <laughs> Moon Knight, good. Do we like Submerged, the Vita Ayala? Oh, X-23. That's oh, that's good. good. That's some good stuff. Yeah. There's a book called... Oh, wait, no, it's... don't worry about it. We're good. All right, great segment. Yeah, loved it. If you want more... Levins and Siobhan slowly read through next week's books. If you want that to be a recurring segment, uh, let us know. Uh, you can get in contact with us uh, at, at uh, seriousissues at kingscomics.com mm-hmm. is our email address, or you can find us online at facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. We are on Twitter, serious underscore underscore issues. Thanks so much to our uh, listener, Rebecca, for always be- be- being more active uh, yes. in regards to uh, us on Twitter in recommending the show to people than yeah, we are. Yeah, thank you. This morning, she recommended us to the artist Mark Lamming. That's oh, nice. That's very nice. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and she also always tags me in pictures of shirtless dudes. Thanks. That's, that's real cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I appreciate it. You Siobhan, you, you can do that too, at Siobhan CBG for Siobhan. Yeah, I'm, feel free. I'm, I'm at Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. If enough people sign up, we'll just make we'll do an entire hour of uh, Siobhan and I slowly reading through new <laughs> releases and looking for things that we're interested in. It's a riveting podcasting. That sounds good. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 
podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.